It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Every day, we get hooked by the energy of people, news, and global events. Those energies can alter our mental and emotional health, leading many who are empaths to recoil from the world. According to today's guest, Michelle Welch, rather than cutting energetic cords, we can transmute negative energies in ways that support our mental and emotional health. Michelle is the author of the book, The Magic of Connection, Stop Cutting Cords, and Learn to Transform Negative Energy to Live an Empowered Life. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So, Michelle, you have an interesting story. You're an attorney who is now on quite a different journey. So can you tell us a little bit about what changed the direction of your life? Absolutely. I was. I took a look at my life about... Um, I don't know, maybe 12 years ago, and I just, you know, things were pretty good in my life, but I just knew something was sort of missing, and I felt I needed just a little bit of redirection in my life, not in every area of my life, but I was not being fulfilled by what I was doing at the time, Uh, practicing law, trying cases, and I just wanted more out of my life and more spiritually out of my life. And so that's kind of where it began. I can't really pinpoint the exact moment, but you know, you hear that phrase, one day I just woke up and I just kind of had this awakening of in my spirit, this stirring in my spirit of something different and that I needed a change. And that's what happened in my life. There were other circumstances going around, environmental circumstances in my life that were peripheral to that, but really it was about what was going on internally within me. Michelle, when did you first realize that you had psychic and intuitive abilities? Well, that was at a very young age, and I didn't, you know, there's a lot of people who will put on bios. I read a lot of bios, and people will say, at three years old, I knew that I was psychic or whatever word they want to use. And, and I don't have a problem with that word. I always like to say I don't have a problem with that word. I'm reclaiming that word because it's very close to the word faith when you actually look it up. Mm-hmm. But intuitive or whatever. And I didn't put that on my bio because I don't really know the exact age, but it was very, very young. And I I really, the, probably the first thing I can remember is saying things that, you know, children will say things. They don't filter anything they say, really, until they're taught to filter it. They just, it's the total truth. And I would say things about my uncle's health in particular. I said something about his brain. I put my hands on his uh, head. And I don't know if you remember that show Kojak back Mm -hmm. in the day. But he looked like the the actor from Kojak. Kelly Savalas. Yes, thank you. And and I loved my uncle very much. He was my godfather. And I put my hand, my little hands on his head and I said, 
what's moving in your brain? And turns out that a month later he was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. And I was sent to my room because I kept just insisting something's moving. Nobody knew at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was thing after thing and after thing after that that I would say, and it would those things would get me in trouble. So in, in my family, uh, just because I would blurt them out inappropriately and did, had, wasn't really taught the boundaries of when to say those sorts of things and when not to say them. Uh, knew that I had gifts, but then they were stifled in a way just because, as we do with children, we or a lot of people do, we don't know what to do with those gifts. We don't know how to channel those. So, and in my family, it was also because of religious beliefs. So that's what happened with my with my situation. Well, and I hear that so. story quite often, Michelle. A, a number of people that I've interviewed who do work similar to the type of work you do, they had the same realization when they were a child, but they had to stifle these gifts. And so when you finally did come out that you were doing this type of work, was it accepted by your family or other people that you knew in your life? Some yes and some no. Uh, I didn't ever get... Uh, you know, the, the people that some people were very accepting, like in a funny way. Some of my lawyer friends, my judge friends, they were like, well, that explains you now. Now we get you, Michelle. You make so much more sense to us. Thank you for explaining <laughs> it to us. You know, it was just like now because I have a, a tad bit of ADHD. I mean, my mind goes in a million different directions and I really have to zone in and hone in, you know, what I'm working on, what I'm doing. I have a lot of ideas and it goes. And so I would be trying jury cases and all of a sudden I would just sort of look off because I'd see an energy or sense an energy and then I'd be back to the jury. Right. And so my judge friends or lawyer friends would be like, now we really get you. Thank you for telling me. And they are very interested in what I do. There's others who are very set in their belief system, and that's okay. You know, I don't need to push what I believe and my changes and my beliefs onto someone. I'm really strong about that. Uh, I don't feel like if if they don't want to hear what I have to say, then that's fine. When they're ready, they will, and they always do, they'll come to me and they'll go, I have this question for you. You know, <laughs> could you <laughs> could you maybe tell me about this? But I never really will push it on them. So I had a few people at the beginning. And I, I also was, uh, and my ex-husband is in my book. Uh, he's mentioned, he gave me permission and everything, mainly because I was talking about work I needed to do. But um, at that time, there were some things with him that I, that he had found some crystal books and things like that and turned them into our Christian school. So it's kind of, kind of a funny school where our kids went to school. Right. And I can kind of understand that because I was teaching mock trial at the time and it was a national winning mock trial team. And, you know, if I wasn't complying with their beliefs, then I didn't need to be, te- you know, I needed to move on. And so really everywhere, there was some acceptance and then other places there wasn't, but I wasn't going to push my beliefs on anyone. Well, you know, I would think that having that strong intuitive ability would really be a benefit to the type of work that you were doing, because whether it be and maybe help solve a a cold case or even just have a better understanding about guilt or not for another person, I, I would think that that would really be an asset to you, was it? Absolutely. And so the thing with that is, is when, and that was from the very beginning, I 
graduated from law school pretty young. I think people do this more now, but back in the day, maybe it wasn't as common. You know, maybe they take AP classes or take whatever and graduate early. But I graduated from law school at 24, so I was trying cases at 24 years old. And looking back now, that's pretty young because I would, I would have people my age looking at me going, you're going to tell me about this case. <laughs> you know? And I look at, you know, I'd be trying some big murder case and they're looking at me laughing. Like, you're like, you know, nothing child, you know? So, uh, but I would, they, I really think that, that it was very helpful. And first of all, selecting juries, right. it was incredibly helpful. And I thought, Oh, I'm so smart. You know, <laughs> and really what it was was just very into I, you know, yes, I worked hard. I have intelligence, but I also had a great emotional intelligence and a, a great intuitive imbi- ability that wasn't, you know, that was a gift. And I was using those gifts and they were starting to come back to me even then at 24 and using them to put, pick, even pick other people's juries and helping, you know, investigators now. I will say that I am not one who can put down on a bio, like on a resume, these are the cases I've worked on. The people who do that, that surprises me. I mean, each to his own. In Texas, at least, that's something they keep pretty quiet. If I'm sitting in a courtroom, I'm watching and watching the jury or I'm watching the defendant or if I'm calling in something, they're going to call me. I don't just call the courthouse. Uh, you, you, because they'll get, they have to chase down every lead. So I always teach my intuitives at my store and, and the people who work for me and read for me uh, at my three stores. I teach, don't just cold call the police, but you know, with every single thing you get, because they're having to chase down every single one of those leads, right. uh, unless you really are. But yeah, it's it, it's very very helpful, and I have used it to pick juries and to and to know a lot when I was working for myself too, you know, as a young attorney. Do you think that we all have this ability? I know that as I'm aging and I'm more open to it, I can get a feeling about another person. I can, I don't know if I'm reading someone's energy or if I'm just following my intuition, but do you think we all have this knowing that sometimes we just don't pay attention to? I do. And the reason I do is because I do believe just from a physics viewpoint and, and, quant- and as we get into you know, the quantum physics more and more that we all are connected and those those atoms even you know c- connected even them when they're far apart they can kind of almost read one another and I'm I'm not any kind of physicist or entanglement theory expert by any means well, why can't we do that too if, if we're connected in some way one of my sons will say mom you're just really good at reading body language you're just really good at reading people you know, I'm, I'm not sure you're really psychic, and I'm like, that may be true. Uh, but then there's other, or intuitive, or whatever, you, or you have a really good gut about you. Uh, but I believe we all have that extra sense, whatever we want to call it, that probably is stifled to some degree uh, when we're born. I mean, there's proof that that pineal or pineal gland, gland that's shaped like a pine cone, that's what it's named after, which is basically our third eye. It calcifies over time. And so because we don't use it, and it, when we're younger, it's not, it's not calcified. So there, is, there have been studies on that, that that show that, yes, 
you know, and then we tell our children, you know, no, you don't have that imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. But I think we all do have those abilities. Yes, yeah, I do. If you pay attention to your body, you know, sometimes like I know myself, I feel it in my body. I'll, I'll feel if something doesn't feel right. I just have a sense that it isn't right. And I probably always knew that, but I just never paid attention to it before. And now I'm starting to just be mindful of it. And and I use it kind of as a, a barometer for things I should and shouldn't do, people I should work with, maybe avoid. And so far, it's mm-hmm. served me well. Well, obviously it has. You have, you've had a great career and you've done so well with your, with you know, and knowing, it, it, I just looking at what you've done throughout your career, you've you followed those, and that's the thing. Is some people have, you know, if we if we have it, let's just let's say we all have it. Are we going to listen to it? And that's where it even gets stickier because some of us just ignore it. Oh, that's just my imagination. I'm just thinking that. I'm just making that up. But if we will, if we'll pay attention to that inner knowingness, that's when it really pays off. When we don't, and we go ahead and work with that person that we got that red flag about, and we go ahead and go, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. And dadgummit, if we don't later go, you know, I knew not to do that. I mean, how often does that happen to people? And that's in the book I talk about this body scan that we can do or this energy scan. And if we always do that, if we scan our energy before a meeting or before I would do it before trials, and I'm not going to tell you I always remember to do it, but I was grateful when I did, and I would know what was my energy and what was somebody else's, and then I'd really be able to know, okay, I really am picking this up from someone versus this is my stuff that I'm feeling, and I could discern the difference between the two. If someone is an empath, which is, you know, basically an antenna for someone else's energy, how do we protect ourselves so that we don't feel all of that negativity within ourselves? I think that there's like three levels, and I'll just do them really quickly. One is where we're, we are really unequipped, like I was when I was little. Uh, our, maybe our parents have no clue, and we don't even know we're empaths. And there's been a lot of inroads to let lots of books written to let people know kind of what an empath is, that we lean into others' energies maybe more than other people. So that's one thing. And how they can help it is just get more educated, know they, that they are feeling these sensitivities and not be told and fall into the traps of listening to, oh, you're just too sensitive and falling for that all the time. They realize maybe I, I am a little bit different and I do feel energy a little bit more acutely than some other people. The, the next level, and this is more cyclical than it is linear, the next level would be an empath in training. This is where the empath is, and this could be at any time, any day, any moment, we could use tools because we like a bubble of protection, maybe just visualize something around us to not let negative, not even negative, but just energy that we don't want to feel and aren't ready to deal with coming at us. Uh, We could even put up walls of protection, shields, things like that. Uh, We could use crystals if people like crystals. If they don't, they could use all kinds of just affirmations to make themselves better. I I give all kinds of things in the book that they could use, whatever someone's comfortable with. They could use essential oils to help them. And this is where you're working on and you're not ready to transmute or transform energy. You're just really wanting to block out that energy, right? You just don't mm-hmm. want to feel it. 
But instead of cutting bait and running, you're at least having some tools to help you. And then once we become an equipped empath, it's for us to learn that energy never goes away. It just changes forms. But we can change the form of that energy. And if we can practice manipulating that energy into a different form and visualizing that, then we don't have to always protect from it and hide from it or run from it. We still may want to use those tools, but we also could just say, you know, I see that energy and it maybe is just as simple as somebody cut me off in traffic. And instead of getting angry, I'm just going to transmute that into some vitality. That's a transmutation of that energy because energy is all the same. It's just us that gives it the labels with our experiential filters. You introduced the concept of becoming a superhero. What is mm-hmm. the superhero's journey and what does that have to do with being an empath? Well, it was. Um, I love that you asked that because I I felt of this those those three things that I just talked about. I, I felt that we are on this journey of life and empaths really do sometimes have to rise to the challenge. Do we want to step out or do we want to run and hide? And, and that's why I wrote the book because I saw so many empaths coming into my stores and, and my clients too that for energetic healings and or energetic work and saying, you know, I'm, I'm hiding from this energy. I, it's too negative. I can't handle it. And I wanted us to do something different. So I, I thought, you know, let's empower ourselves. Let's be superheroes, just like Joseph Campbell's uh, hero's journey. I thought there are levels. You know, we are going to face the, you know, the, the monster at the bridge. Do we want to cross that? And then we'll be given tools. We'll be given guides to help us, mentors. That could be an archangel to someone. That might be a goddess to someone else. That may be God to someone else. That may be Allah to someone else. Whomever will be given that to help us, just like in the hero's journey. So I wanted to make us the empaths who were feeling kind of, to me, like they were saying, and me too, I can't a whole lot. I want us to realize that we really were the superheroes of our story and I feel, and it's not just me, there's been an article written since then saying that, and it was kind of controversial, and I need to be able to quote it if I say it, but um, that saying impasse may be our new leaders because, and that's what it said in the book, because the leaders need compassion. We need more compassion. And so that's where the superhero's journey came from. And the really interesting part was the synchronicity of that. I was really at the point of where I wanted to tie together this whole cyclical thing and this journey. And I had my daughter who was in law school come home and say, oh, you need to, do, to call it the superhero's journey. And I had a friend's son call who was off at school somewhere else and said, not even, who doesn't even know my daughter say, oh, you need to do the superhero's journey in your book on the same day. And I thought, okay, that's synchronicity. I'll do it. So Absolutely. that was kind of the book. <laughs> so, yeah. The book is The Magic of Connection, Stop Cutting Cords, and Learn to Transform Negative Energy to Live an Empowered Life. If you'd like to get more information about Michelle and her work, you can visit michellewelch.com. Michelle, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I would really like people to know that 
I think most people have some sort of empathy. Uh, um, and it's not just limited to a certain group of people. I, I, some people will say, oh, I'm an empath, but there's all different kinds of empath. We may feel the earth. We may feel real drawn to helping Mother Earth. We may feel very connected to animals, and that's the type of empath. So whatever kind we are, uh, or it may be that, like you said, you, you just intuitively just know people. You just know who to work with. You know what, what, you know, you just have these giftings, and you just know. You just know. And I want all the empaths to know that we truly can be empowered by, instead of running and hiding, we don't have to be best friends with everyone that makes us feel uncomfortable. That's boundaries, and I believe in boundaries, but I do believe that we should mind our own energy first and start there, and it will make us happier people people than always running and hiding from our energy. I think that's what will empower us as empaths. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us, for spending this time with us to help us become the superhero of our journey. I love that, and we should all be striving to do that. So it has been a a real pleasure speaking with you, and again, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.